Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to Better Living. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi, a returning guest and group in the studio from my hometown of Grapevine. It is Grace. In studio with me, their CEO, Shonda Schaefer. How are you? I'm doing great. Glad to be back. Great to have you back. This was an easy one. You guys contacted me. <laughs> do you have any openings? We got stuff to talk about? Yes, I do. So Worked I'm out. glad that you made the drive in from Grayfine, and it is great seeing you again. Yes. Off mic, we were trying to figure out what we were going to talk about, and luckily, as always, there's a lot to talk about. What I do want to circle back on, first thing, is you guys had a major fire in April of last year, and it took out your community clinic? Yes. Yeah. So... Yeah, last Where, time I was here, it just happened. It we were still talking, happened. yeah, about how we were going to recover. So thank you. Yes, and I'm so glad to be back, um, and glad to be able to tell you that we are back in our building. Um, we were so blessed. the The community, and specifically the city of Grapevine, was so supportive. Kept us going in some temporary locations while we were doing our rebuild and uh, construction. But as of December 31st, we have all of our programs and services back in their rightful homes and. Um, operating exactly the way they should be. So you went back to the same building? We did, yeah. We were actually under construction, oddly enough. We That's started right. construction on a Monday, and Wednesday the fire happened in part <laughs> of the building that we weren't going to renovate. Uh, uh, so it did throw us up in the air a little bit. We sure. had to do some running around. But um, we finished our construction and our a- addition that we put on the building. So now all programs and services are housed at what is 837 East Walnut Street there in Grapevine, uh, which is where the pantry and clinic was originally we've just uh, expanded that footprint so i want to talk about what you guys do at that community clinic and it's going to be a good way to talk about the other basic services that you guys uh, offer the community but first let's talk about dealing with that fire Mm -hmm. you said that you got a call just a phone call and you didn't understand how bad it was going to be you show up and saw that it was as bad as it gets basically yeah now that you've been through something like that as a leader are you more prepared to deal with (laughs) catastrophic events Are you, has it made you more calm, or are you always a little bit on edge now waiting for that <laughs> next fire to put out? You know, it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, knowing that we had so much support from the community does give me a little bit of peace of mind. I mean, I knew that it was there, but when everybody rallied so quickly and so effectively, it really did help put me a little bit at ease knowing that, you know, whatever God's got planned for us, whatever comes down our path, we can handle that. Um, so that was helpful. But also going through it, I think, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to have to go through that again. Um, It was tough. It was really tough. It put all of our staff and our volunteers um, to work and and they did a great job. I mean, phenomenal. I still can't believe how much uh, everybody did to make everything go so smoothly. But no, I don't want to do it again anytime soon. That's for sure. (laughs) But it was a good look at what your organization is capable of. And as you said, the community support. So it's got to feel good, even though it was 
hard it, getting through it. It really brought out the best of the best. I mean, I knew we had a good team. I really did. But, man, to see those people jump into action and, and the spirit that came with it and literally the hours and hours. I mean, we were there 24 hours at a time in some cases, and, and the team just didn't even bat an eye. And, and that's inspiring. I'm inspired to be able to work with people like that every day, but to really see them in that kind of a action was uh, inspirational. So we can start talking about what you do offer the community. Let's get down to the basics. Okay. What is Grace? What do you guys do? So we're a crisis relief and support organization, um, which means we do programs that help families who have found themselves in some type of crisis, usually financial. That means we can support them through food and clothing. We have a full food pantry that's self-select. Um, if their crisis is based on a medical issue, which is pretty common right now, we have a community clinic that is a completely charitable clinic supported by volunteer uh, physicians, nurses, pharmacists. Um, so we can offer that service to a variety of people who either have no insurance or even those that have insurance with super high deductibles that will maybe never even get met. Sure. Um, so we're able to offer a lot of really good wraparound services. I'm so proud of our clinic. We just got awarded the gold standard for lowering uh, blood uh, pressure. So we it, this is a really amazing. Most standards are 50 50% uh, improvement, and we had 82% last year uh, for that calendar year. So I'm really, really proud of that. Congratulations. What yes. do you guys, how does that work, and what do you credit? that too. You know, the way we do our medical care is so so different than even you and I would get going to a normal doctor's office. We spend at, li at least an hour with every new patient and we go over their entire medical history because some of them have literally never seen a physician in their adult life. They've never had access to care. So we get a full workup in history and our volunteers and our staff sit and talk to them about the things that they can control, mm. which is education and prevention, diagnosis diabetes, um, you know, heart uh, issues. And so we can spend a lot of time on that. And because it's such a, um, co a rare commodity for them, their their compliance rates are phenomenal. I mean, once they get that information, they're out there walking a mile every night. They're reading labels. They're lowering their BMI. They're checking their heart rate. Um, it's really just phenomenal to see once they get given just a little bit of a resource, what they can do with it. So I credit it to our clients first and foremost because they're being compliant with the education and the information we're giving them. But uh, and our staff just love on those people and really give them the, the love and support, but also the accountability. They have to come back and get their, their blood work checked, and, and uh, our staff talks to them about how great they're doing. And, and that supportive system um, is something that I've just never seen anywhere else. You don't all—it's hard to find at any doctor that you go to, and I think that's the hallmark of a good doctor. When you find a good doctor, yeah. it's not just they come in, run a couple tests— give you barely any answers that you understand, push you on the way out. There's a little bit more going on there, a conversation, and that's what's been successful for you guys. Absolutely. Well, you got to first know that these people are doing this voluntarily, right? These doctors sure. are there because they really want you as their client to succeed. So you start with that, and, and then you get the other supportive services that go around it. And, and you're right. You get the best of the best. I mean, these are folks that are already phenomenal in their own right, in their own practice. But now they're willing to set that on ice and come and donate their time. So, yeah, they're going to do a good job. Who was it that got uh, that gave you the award? You said that you were tracking the results 
of blood pressure. Yes. And that it was lowered significantly, 82%. That's amazing. Yeah. Who is actually watching that? Is this part of a program? It is. It's the American Heart Association, um, and they've got a variety of standards. We have to comply with a lot of the, the standards within those programs, mm. but um, this is our third year receiving the gold star um, and the highest rate that we've ever had. We started at 78%, which we were blown away with, and then we got to 80, and now we're at 82 and uh, almost 83, so it's really... Um, very exciting. That's amazing. How are people coming to the clinic? If people want to take part in this service, how do they do that? So you can certainly contact us, um, and we do a, a telephone screening to see if this is a, an appropriate um, referral to you. But but it's really open to anybody who feels like they are in a medical crisis and need um, a little bit of attention. And I'm gonna I'm gonna put a caveat on that. We are not an emergency room. Mm. Um, so this is about um, you know longer term health issues. We would certainly want someone to go to an emergency room if they're you know, life or death. But um, but if they've if they've been feeling like diabetes might be an issue if they've gotten indications that they may have some other um, concerns health-wise then then it'd be great to have them come in and get screened control and preventative care exactly. is really where you guys live at exactly i, I want to say that diabetes was a big thing that you guys were working on last time it was a big initiative for you guys is that still something you guys it are working is, on it is unfortunately about 60 percent of the clients who come to us are either diabetic or pre-diabetic wow. and of those over half of them didn't even know that before they came to our clinic they just have had no access to care so they're feeling slow and blue and you know dumpy all the time and then once we say gee it's it, you know you can control this by either insulin if it needs it or behavior and lifestyle changes, again, they just kind of grab onto that. And it's amazing to see them come back 30 days later, and they've now got this in check. And they're like, oh, my gosh, had no idea that this was the cause of my fatigue or um, whatever. It's it's really kind of cool. That's life-changing. When you yeah. think about somebody rolling around not knowing that they're diabetic yeah. or pre-diabetic, that's scary. But it's mm -hmm. amazing what you can do for people, really, when it comes down to some care and a lot of education. Yeah. And our food pantry is connected to that clinic. So literally, if if you came in and we said, hey, look, you're diabetic, we can walk you over to this food pantry that looks just like a grocery store and show you how to read labels, show you how to make meals. We've got recipes we can talk about here. You can make these few tweaks to your lifestyle, and, and you're going to be able to make a, a significant impact on these areas, and, and, it, and it works. In the food pantry, I think that you said that it was you pick. Is mm -hmm. that what you Self -select, said? Self-select, yes. Self-select. Yeah. All right, so... Their self-selection is the way that you guys run this process, but you're also helping people to make better, smarter choices. So there is an option for people to come in and get what they want, but mm -hmm. is there an option for people to kind of get a little meal plan going for themselves so that they can understand how to eat healthier, especially if they're pre-diabetic, let's say. Exactly. And we have recipes all throughout. So there's a lot of options there. But we also run a program with the Tarrant Area Food Bank called Cooking Matters. And it's kind of like an Iron Chef program. It's really cool. They come into um, a teaching kitchen and they learn how to create these healthy meals. They get to take the ingredients home and cook for their family. Then they come back next week and tell us all how it went and whether or not everybody liked the, the veggie quesadillas or whatever it was that they cooked. So they have a lot of fun with it and they get some real um, takeaways as well. A lot of organizations like this offer similar programs. The thing that I think sets Grace apart is that there does seem to be a, a real sense of community there, that you make things fun, but there is that old school community type feeling. Is that mm -hmm. something that you think sets Grace apart? 
you know, we're so blessed to be where we are because I think you could take our program and put it anywhere else in this country and it wouldn't be as successful. I mean, the Northeast Tarrant community is something like I've never seen. The, the community rallies around each other and there's just so little division. I mean, you can't tell someone who is a recipient of a GRACE program versus a volunteer or a donor. You can't tell. And the reality is, most of them are all three at one point. Uh, you know, mm. people just, this grace is part of their community and they feel it and they, they want to be a part of it in whatever role they happen to be in at that moment. So, yeah, it's it's hard to explain, but it is really what makes grace so phenomenal to be a part of. Is that common where people come in for services and end up being a volunteer a person that's going to start helping somebody out? Is that a common process that you see? All the time. In fact, right after our fire, we had a, a volunteer day where we were literally going through and wiping soot off of cans of food and, and trying to clean up. And the first three people that walked in to volunteer were clients that said they had been there the day before, and they were just heartbroken that this had happened. They live across the street. Wow. And they saw the fire and all the trucks, and, and, and they were just so heartbroken that Grace was going through this that they were the first ones in line to help in the volunteer effort to clean up. It's great. Shonda <laughs> Schaefer is the CEO of Grace and Grapevine. Their website, gracegrapevine.org. We got some events coming up on the calendar that we will get to, but let's, I think, roll through a few of the other things that you guys are doing. You have a friends and family program. Mm -hmm. What do you do with that? So the friends and family is a, a an outreach program specifically designed to treat or to, to affect isolation in seniors and homebound disabled people. So we connect volunteers from the community that would like to adopt a friend and they do friendly visits. They check on them once a week. It could be a phone call. They may take them to church every Sunday or get together for brunch, but it's really just a very organic friendship that we want to have created so that they're the eyes and ears in these people's home. They're, they're giving them the socialization, but they're also kind of watching out for what could be critical points. Um, is there enough food in the house? Is the heat working? Um, <clears throat> is there issues with utilities or, or something that we can maybe get ahead of if there's someone who recognizes it early? A watchful eye. Yes, exactly. Has that program always been a part of Grace? I really enjoy that program. I think it's great. You know, great. It's, we've been doing it about six years. Um, it started from just a commodity distribution. We would go out once a month and take food. And what we found is we'd get there, and I'll tell you, the one woman uh, asked us for Christmas if we had a mattress. And, and we were like, well, yeah, I think we do, but why a mattress? Turns out she's been sleeping on the floor, 80-year-old woman sleeping on the floor because her mattress was so full of bed bugs. And I just killed me. I thought, how is this happening yeah. right here in our community? So from that, we said, we need to have people in those houses every week. We need to have contact with these. And, and that woman, by the way, hadn't seen anybody since the month before when we were there. So she had nobody in the community who was checking in on her other than us. And once a month just isn't enough. Um, so that's that was the, the reason we started the program and have had a lot of success in there. I've seen a lot more organizations working on Specifically that stuff within the senior community, a lot mm -hmm. of checking in, socialization, just making sure that they have friends, somebody to talk to, and then you're able to do a lot of other things, like you're saying, mm -hmm. checking on their well-being, make sure they're getting their meds, making sure they get doctor's appointments, whatever it is, just helping that person along, and then they can continue 
on their own Mm -hmm. and live the life that they want to live. And statistically, we know people do better when they're in their own home versus being in an institution or nursing home. We know physically they do better and emotionally they can do better, but they need that connection. We all need it. I can't imagine being in my home for 30 days without people contact. I can't make it 30 minutes. I can't do it. (laughs) All right. On the website, which once again is gracegrapevine.org, I saw a big thing. It is Grace Red Alert. Yes. All right. So this is actually pretty interesting. As I mentioned, I had already booked a lot of interviews, and I wasn't able to get maybe some of the local food banks or people on to talk about what was going on during the shutdown. We're not completely done with all that mess just yet, but you guys were really helping out people when it was happening. We were. We were getting calls from people who, um, here's the thing, the the people who were affected by the the shutdown were people who are not familiar with working the quote-unquote system Mm. of getting assistance. So they had no idea where to go, what to do. They've never been in the situation of needing help. And yet, um, we know that 79% of Americans do not have more than $1,000 of liquid reserves in their savings. That means most of us can't live 79% 79% so a very slim amount of our population could have gone 3 to 4 weeks without any revenue coming in um so there this is this is not a small group we're talking about um everybody says oh yeah you should have savings but the reality is that um that they were no different than the rest of the population so the 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 as the whole ordeal unfolded and continued to be extended and extended um there became panic you know, that we could live off of our savings. We could delay a payment here. We could borrow from a friend here. But then when there was no end in sight, we got a lot of panic phone calls. Um, and, and again, because this population is, is self-sufficient in every other way, the needs that they had were not small. We're not talking about, gee, I need $200 to pay uh, an electric bill. We're talking, I've got a $2,000 mortgage that's coming up, and I'm going to be evicted. Or um, I've got three kids in daycare. I'm still being called into work, by the way, but I have no money. They're not going to let me have my kids at the end of the day if I don't have, you know, $600, $800 to pay for daycare. So these needs were much larger than what we have seen in in kind of our day-to-day assistance. And and it was for a population that just didn't even know how to access these types of resources. So what we ended up doing, we did get the funds from the community to be able to support some of those assistants, but we also were there helping them navigate a broad uh, range of services that were being offered. So there were several banks and organizations that were offering no-interest loans and other programs for federal employees, but they didn't even know how to get those things started. So we spent a lot of time doing case management, which is navigating them through all of this this process in order to keep them whole while this, um, you know, I guess you could call it tragedy was unfolding. Sure. And of yeah. course now we they're they're being paid, but I believe it's February 15th is they're only guaranteed through that point. So we're still waiting to see what happens and they are too. They're on pins and needles. So what we've done is establish a relationship. No matter what the the lawmakers decide to do, they know they can count on Grace to help them through this process. And that's that's been our most important message. Was this Red Alert program specifically designed for this instance, or is this something that you guys enact whenever there is some weird, crazy yeah. problem that pops up? 
Yeah, we do. In fact, the red alert is kind of our term for something big and and necessary is happening. We've done that when we had hurricanes and we had a, a bunch of folks that were moving up here from Houston and uh, you know in other areas. We've done it when we've had major apartment fires and had multiple families seeking assistance all at once. So we have a, a budget that we help every month and kind of our normal operations. But when we have a, a need that's going to put a real tax on our operations, we've got a uh, a 5,000 person network of donors and volunteers that we shoot that red alert out to and say, guys, you know, you need to hear this. We've got a big issue. Were you watching the news? Were you anticipating this problem? Because it's not like this came out of nowhere. We yeah. saw it coming and no one was sure if it was actually going to happen. And then it did. And yeah. then we didn't know how long it was going to happen. Turned out it was the longest one that we've ever had, I believe, yeah. as a country. Yeah. So were you guys tracking this? Yeah, and so we were able to kind of keep up the first couple of weeks. The first couple of weeks, we heard from a lot of people who said, hmm, starting to, starting to feel the pain. Is there something you can help? We did some food vouchers. We helped with a few bills here and there. But then as the weeks and days went on, um, those calls started to increase. And when we saw no end in sight, that's when we decided to activate that red alert. For these new people, for people that had never had to use services like this before, how did that interaction work with them? Was yeah. it was it weird for them? Were they shocked at, at how well a service like this was? I'll tell you, it takes an enormous amount of courage to walk in the front door of an agency like this. When you're this. working hard mm-hmm. and you're paying your yeah. bills and, like you're saying, you know, a, a mortgage, you're doing all the right stuff, and then the rug is literally pulled out from underneath you. It puts you in a weird headspace, and it could be hard, I think, for a lot of people to 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 fess up and admit that they need help. Yeah, you're exactly right. Now, I will tell you the reality is that's every client that walks through our front doors. I mean, we really are are so blessed. Most of our clients are hardworking, and they're they're you know, sometimes two and three jobs in order to make ends meet. And then that one little crisis. Now, in this case, it was it was uh, under the microscope because it was all over the country. But but sometimes it's as simple as a car that's broken down, which means no transportation, which means no job, which means no income, which means no rent. So, Snowball. but. All of our clients that walk in and ask for assistance feel that same way. And that's why I really, if if nobody hears me in any other way, hear that it takes courage. And so we do what we can to support that and make sure they know that there is no judgment here. We're going to sit down and help you walk through this, whatever your your situation is. Might get some new volunteers out of it. I hope so. (laughs) One of the other big programs that you mentioned uh, that you guys have going on right, right now, it is tax preparation. Yes. It's tax time. This is the coolest pr- uh, program ever. It's called VITA. It stands for Volunteer Income Tax Assistance. It's actually a program that's run through uh, the IRS, and, and there are many locations. Dallas and, and Tarrant County both have them, but Grace is participating in it, and what it is is it's it's exactly that. It's volunteers who will come in and sit down with a, a client to work their taxes. The, the threshold is actually fairly high. A family of four, for example, can make as much as $58,000 a year and get their taxes done free. But the really cool part is that these volunteers have been trained for that specific income level. So there's mm-hmm. things like tax credits that that you might get or that you might be qualified for that a regular uh, paid uh, tax 
preparer may not know about or would not generally look for. Typically, those take a little bit more time. So if you're paying them by the hour, they're not going to take the time to find those dollars. How dare you? Yes. Uh, I mean, it, no offense to the tax preparers. They do a great job and they deserve to get paid. But in this case, for this population, we know that every dollar counts. And last year, we had 213 families do their taxes with us and were able to return over $350,000 to this community, or to that community, um, of which, um, uh, on average, was about $600 more than what they would have gotten without those tax credits. So they're getting more money is the big takeaway. Yeah. The other big takeaway, however, is that we take this as an educational opportunity. You know, nothing goes by us without an opportunity to educate. <laughs> That's what you guys are good at. Yeah. So these families who have been struggling are now all of a sudden going to get this block of money. And so we take the time to talk to them about what we call the 30-40-30, which is 30% you need to pay down whatever kind of debt you've got going on. 40%, let's talk about putting that into some long-term savings. And then the reality is you've got cash in your pocket for one of the only times this year. Go do something fun. You know, buy some that you've been looking forward to or, or you know, take the family on a weekend vacation if that's what's important to you. But we recognize that, you know, they don't often have that kind of cash available. So let's not, let's not make that a, a bad thing, but let's be wise about the rest of it. I think that that, that that actually surprises me. That's not what I was expecting you to say. The idea that you want people to enjoy their lives mm-hmm. when, when maybe they're not always able to do that, that's... That's an awesome philosophy to have. Is that something that a lot of other groups are doing, or is that kind yeah. of unique to you guys? No, I think it's I think it's something throughout the Vita program, um, and and it, it's all very individualized. If you came in with mountains and mountains of debt, that advice might be slightly different. So that's a very general rule. But but even in those situations, it would be unrealistic for us to tell a family who has been struggling for so long not to take a few dollars at least and enjoy their family, and it's their money, and they've earned it. So if they if, if going out for a family dinner or spending the night at a local hotel will make their family happy, then then who are we to judge? And, and and there is, by the way, no absolute on this. They could do whatever they want with their money. It's theirs. It's just an educational opportunity we want to provide. And for a lot of people, it's probably the first time they're ever receiving a tax return. Yeah. And we actually can go back. We had one lady last year who came in, and she was so excited about the refund, she went back and got her taxes that she had prepared the year before through a paid provider, and we were able to find $600 more. So she was able to file a second time and get additional refund on that. I didn't even know you could do that. You can, and it's crazy. We can go back to prior years, and and the reviewers will look at it and say, hey, you know, you missed this. This is something you're entitled to, and and they can walk them through that. The community itself in the city, they've got to really be into a program like this because as you're saying a lot of this money is going back into the city somewhere exactly yeah that's money that's coming back to our community and and i mentioned that this is a volunteer run program we are looking for volunteers and you do not have to be a cpa really um the training provides all the tools you need to 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 sit down with these families and it's a really cool program because you're going to spend some real quality time talking with a family about something that's very intimate their finances and and you get a chance to connect and role model and offer advice if, if, if needed. Um, so it's, it's a great program. It's fun for volunteers as well. Um, so if anybody's interested in that, certainly reach out. Yeah. We're talk to me a little bit more about what you are looking for as far as, as far as volunteers are for Vita specifically, yeah. you mentioned that they don't have to be CPAs or, mm-hmm. or have 
a financial background, let's right. say. You're providing training for people? Exactly. And and we need the preparers, but we also have some other volunteer activities around that. We have greeters. We have reviewers who uh, just sit back and look through the paperwork to make sure all the boxes are checked and everything is done. We need interpreters um, if you have a, a second language and would be willing to, to offer that assistance. So it's not just the person doing the adding and subtracting. It's, um, it's a wraparound program. This is Texas, so you're going to get a lot of Spanish speakers. Yes. Is there a community that you guys deal with that maybe might be a surprise to people when they think about Grapevine? Is there an international community that you, you guys know, deal with? I'm, I'm so glad you asked. We have seen an increase in Egyptian um, uh, families. Really? And we happen to have a couple of folks on our volunteer team that, that speak the language and can help uh, walk them through that. But that was a, a new one. We haven't seen much of that. Do you know why the uptick? I, you know, these families kind of had different reasons for moving here. So okay. I don't think it was any particular wave. It was just uh, something we hadn't seen before. It's something I've started asking groups mm-hmm. about because sometimes when a new culture moves in, you get a little obsessed with it and mm-hmm. you start learning a lot about them, especially if it's something that you're not going to. I don't know a lot of Egyptians, right. and I don't, I don't think <laughs> it a has lot been of other people do. We've been so. learning a lot. Yes, that's true. That's always fun. Uh-huh. Is, have you guys been doing Vada for a long time? Is this new to you guys? This is not new to us. I believe it's our fourth or even fifth year of doing it, and it's been growing crazy every year. I, we, Like I said, we did about 213 last year, and we could have done more, but we didn't have enough volunteers. What are you expecting this year? I would guess that we're going to top 400. Um, nearly it, double. Nearly double. And that's, of course, you know, fingers crossed we have enough volunteers to sustain that, but there's no reason why we, we couldn't. All right, we are unfortunately running up against the clock real fast. You guys have a fun event happening from March 22nd through the 31st, Dying to Donate. What do you guys have going on there? Dying to Donate. It's a lot of local restaurants in the Grapevine, Colleyville, kind of northeast Tarrant area, who will have a prefix meal planned, and a portion of that comes to Grace. So it's a great excuse to get out and try some of these phenomenal restaurants. And uh, all of those restaurants will be on our Facebook page and our website as well. If uh, you're interested in going out and treating your family to dinner and supporting a good cause. Use some of that tax return money. That's right. Get out there. Spend <laughs> it in the restaurants. All right. The organization is Grace. You can find them online at gracegrapevine.org. Shonda Schaefer is their CEO. Thank you so much for coming back in. It was great seeing you. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, Nick. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.